greatest need. Uh, when you're sick, when you think of your greatest need, when you're sick, oh, I need to get healed from this sickness. Um, if you're single, maybe it's to find a spouse. If you're probably in the military, man, I need to get out. <laughs> I need to get out of here. Where's my freedom? I need my freedom back. You know, or if there's some disharmony in our marriage, in your marriage, you know, I need to, I need to fix my marriage. You know, whatever your need is, you know, I suggest to you there's an even greater need. Not to, not to minimize those needs that we do have, you know, some of us are struggling even in this time, but our greatest need is forgiveness. Our greatest need of every person is forgiveness, whether we recognize it or not. Greatest need is for God to forgive us of our sins. Because when we, before leaving this earth, we're going to face him. And we need to be reconciled with him. So that's our greatest need, forgiveness. And this story is about God's greatest, God's greatest deed. Because our greatest need is God's greatest deed, and that is forgiveness. As we read in our passage, you know, let's pray before we dive into this sermon. Almighty Father, in you are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes that we may see your wonders of your word. Uh, give us grace that we may clearly understand and fully choose the ways of your wisdom through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I have two points, as you can see in the outline. Faithful friends, point number one, and feuding foes. And we're going to unpack this because Jesus is bringing the kingdom of God to this man, to this paralyzed man. And yet you have two characters, faithful friends and feuding foes. You know, just to give you a helicopter view of going on, what's going on in the book of Mark, the very purpose of the book of Mark is very, it's found in the very first verse of Mark in the very first chapter, and it states this. This is the purpose of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ's identity of Jesus, son of God. That's the purpose of this book is to identify who Jesus really is. And Mark is making it very clear at the beginning of this book that this is Jesus. He is the son of God. However, if you look at the characters throughout the book of Mark, you're going to see they're debating, they're juggling in their minds, even the, the disciples themselves. Is this guy just a teacher? Is this guy a Lord? Or is he really who he says he is? Is he God? And in this gospel, it's composed of different people. There's disciples, religious leaders, scribes, and Pharisees. They are not sure who Jesus really is until finally in Mark chapter 8. You know, Peter, he confesses, you are the son of God. That's when we, that's when Jesus, they finally know, the disciples finally know who Jesus really is. And we come to one of the first miracles in the, this gospel, Mark, healing of the paralytic. And what is the purpose of miracles? Well, one, it's to 
identify who Jesus really is, the creator, bringing down the kingdom of God onto this earth. So that's number one, the purpose. Another purpose of miracles is it points to the greatest miracle. It points to what is the greatest miracle? The cross of Jesus, the gospel. It points to that. And this story this morning, it points to the gospel as we're going to unpack this with faithful friends and feuding foes. So point number one, faithful friends. Faithful friends. We're going to take a look at the root of faith under the first point and the fruit of faith. The root of faith and the fruit of faithful friends. So Jesus is at somebody's house. He's been preaching the word of God to them. And Mark does not record the words of this sermon that Jesus is preaching, but, you know, it's, he's probably teaching on the Old Testament. He's probably teaching of himself as the Messiah. And prior, prior to this miracle of the paralytic, the disabled man, uh, there was another healing. And what he said to the leper, like a couple chapters or a chapter behind, he said to the leper, the healed leper, Jesus said to him, after he healed the leper, see it that you say nothing to no one. And yet, he breaks the rules. He breaks what Jesus is telling him. So throughout the gospel, you know, you see, you see, you know, after healing, you know, see it that you say no one. Say no, nothing to no one. Why does he say that? Why? Well, the reason is because the, God, the, the greatest miracle is the cross. And then once the cross happens, Jesus died on the cross, now go tell everyone. Because that, that is the greatest miracle that truly matters. But nonetheless, this leper doesn't remain silent. I mean, come on now. Who's going to remain silent after that? And yet, these friends, they see his, they see this paralyzed man, this friend of, of theirs. And yet, they know. It's faith starts with knowledge. It starts with the head. And they know that this leper needs to see Jesus. They know that, that the miracle of, that Jesus has needs to come to this man. And yet, what do these four friends do? We need, to, we need to take him to Jesus. We need to get this man to Jesus. Faith is not blind. It's not roaming around aimlessly, trusting, trusting in nothing. It's trusting on someone. It's looking outside yourselves. Faith is looking at Jesus. And what do good friends do? They take him to, the, they take him to Jesus. And faith, it's not just... It's not just all in the mind. Uh, it works. It works from the mind to the heart where I'm convinced and I'm convicted. And it goes to the hands. So this is the fruit of faithful friends right here. You know, if you've been driving on Oahu, we live on an island, right? You've been driving around Oahu X amount of time without a GPS, you're going to find a dead end sooner or later. You know, if you go to Bellows, oh, man, I thought I thought you go to Lanikai, you can go to Bellows. But no, there's no road. You got to go all the way around to 
Kalaniole Highway. But these friends, you know, when they meet a dead end, they walk through it. They walk through it. These four faithful friends, he's too heavy. Think about carrying a guy on a stretcher on a cloth. It's hard work. You know, my wife just moved, me and my wife just moved back in December, and, you know, we had to carry a king-size bed upstairs. It's difficult. Man, take the bottom half. (laughs) Take the bottom half. That's all I got to say about it. But these guys, they're determined. You know, they... They're determined to get this paralyzed guy to Jesus. Yet when they go to the front of the house, it's too crowded. It's too crowded. There's too many people there where we would have stopped. They're probably running on, you know, aloha time, Hawaiian time, 15 minutes after the fact. Church service started. And next thing you know, they're late to the party. Every The whole... Now the house was probably just this, just the the plateaus. That's how probably how big the house was, and it was packed. Where they could have turned around, could have made a U turn. Who hates making U turns at a dead end? They push forth. They push forth. So how are we gonna get to Jesus? How are we gonna get to Jesus? So what did they do? They Back in the first century, I don't know. They could have, they could have. I like to think, you know, the difficult part of it is they probably jumped from one house to another house, to the roof. Or they probably had a ladder. But there's been, first century, there's been stairs. That's the easier, easier way. But I like to think it. They went from one house to another house, jumping. But nonetheless, they went up, carrying this man, carrying this man. And next thing you know, there's another dead end, the roof. Where are we going to go? How are we going to get it through the roof? Uh, it's been first century. It's, it's been said that it's two feet deep as far as clay straw two feet deep now they had to dry it in order to make shade but they did their fingernails there was evidence on their fingernails that they dug through the roof these men they dug through they're gonna go through the dead ends that's what kind of faith that these men had now as they lowered a man how how are we gonna what, what is the crowd going to think? Think about it. If you're, Jesus is preaching a sermon. Jesus is preaching, and then next thing you know, there's dust coming off the roof. You're coughing. <laughs> what, what is going on here? This man comes down. Who, you know, if you, if you were in that guy, you would be criticizing that man. Why is, he, why is he disrupting worship service? Jesus is preaching. Yet they, they're not worried about the crowd, what they're going to think. Why? Because they have an awareness of God, that God is there, and I need to meet God. 
Next thing you know, meanwhile, we look at Jesus. Jesus, the man is being lowered down. Jesus, he's looking up at the roof. And nothing, it's inaudible. You don't know the words that were said, that Jesus said to them, but he looks at them. And what does he see? He doesn't see disruptors disturbing the peace. What does he see? He has compassion on them. And he sees their faith. Now it's, it's important to know that it's not the paralytic's faith. See, in the original Greek, there's, there's a plural word. Plural possession. It says their faith. Plural. All of their faith. All of these five guys' faith. Jesus saw all of their faith. So faith is not just something that we can do ourselves. We need others to help people come to Jesus. People are leaning on you to come to Jesus. So that is you know, the fruit of faith. Now, with our, with our second point, feuding foes, you know, Jesus, he, he says some, some, a startling thing to this paralytic man. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Think about that. You're one of the disciples. You're sitting front row. And you're, you're going to look, look at this. Look, look at this crowd. Watch. Watch Jesus heal him. Watch my Jesus. He's going to show how much power he has. And yet the first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth, son, your, your sins are forgiven. How is that relevant, Jesus? That's, the, that's not the greatest need he needs right now. Jesus, he needs to be healed. Forgiveness of sins is irrelevant, Jesus. But if we look at ourselves, you know, it's easy to criticize these people. And, but it's, sometimes we're like that. You know, we say, Jesus, I don't, I need a job right now. Jesus, I need bills to pay to, to make up for my mortgage. Jesus, I need all these things. And yet, Jesus, forgiveness is the last thing I need. We're like that too, these feuding foes. And yet Jesus, he says, or describes the feuding foes, they say, who can forgive sins except God alone? Who can forgive sins? And they're, they're right at that statement. These are scribes. They are, they are the ones who studied the law of God all their lives. So they know what they're talking about. They're right when they say, who can forgive sins except God? And yet when you look at the Old Testament, you know, the old way of sins being forgiven, once a year, a high priest had to go into the temple, had to slaughter lambs and bulls in order to forgive sins. That's why, they, that's why Jesus says, which is easier, to forgive sins? It's hard to forgive sins. Somebody needs to die in order to forgive sins. You know, and the, the Old Testament, 
as it predicted the Messiah, there's, there's nothing in the Old Testament that talks about Jesus forgiving sins or the Messiah forgiving sins. Rather, you know, this, when Jesus, he says, you know, this, this title that Jesus says, Son of Man, we go back to the Old Testament and it talks about him having power and dominion over demons. And yet, God, he says, only God can, only God can forgive sins, the scribes say. And the scribes, they're juggling. Is this guy, remember, he's, is he a lord or is he a liar? Is he a lunatic? Either God is who he says he is, God in human flesh, or Jesus is trying to make a quick buck. You know, he's trying to make a quick buck. But yet, when, he's, when they say, when Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, you know, that's not his greatest need right now. That's not his greatest need. This man needs to walk, Jesus. And after the fact, I don't know, he probably left him on a cliffhanger for a good 10 minutes. Okay, pick up your bed and walk. Now, Jesus, he's proving who he says he is. Matter of fact, I can forgive sins because I have the power to heal him. And it's shocking. This is shocking. You know, just Jesus, the kingdom of God is coming onto this man. You know, the, the I will be my God and you will be my people has come to this man. And this, this speaks to how we are paralyzed ourselves. Sin paralyzes us. When we sin, you know, if, we, if I take a drive and I have a fight with my wife, there's a big wall. Even though we're so close to each other, sin paralyzes us until we can reconcile. It paralyzes us. It is a disease that is within us spiritually. So when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, you know, there's the temporal way of the Old Testament is no longer in full. Now, when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, it's forever. That we don't have to kill, kill bulls, kill lambs. And the perfect demonstration of that is the cross, the cross of Jesus. You know, he went to the dead end of death so that you don't have to go through that dead end so that we could live. He became paralyzed for us so that we would not become paralyzed. That's how this, this story points to the gospel. It's because Jesus became paralyzed for us so that we can have forgiveness in God. See, we look at Jesus, we look at Jesus, you know, we see that this points to the cross. That this preview is giving you preview of Jesus. That this, this miracle is just, it's just, uh, it's just a flick until the greatest movie ever told at the end of the Gospel of Mark. 
And this hits to Jesus' audience back at that, that time. And it hits to us today that this is grace. That we, to ourselves, we're, we're unreached like this paralyzed man. And we need others to help bring us to Jesus. If you're a kid, you know, you need your parents to bring you to Jesus. This points to Jesus. This is the gospel. We look at at the at faith. This is a story about faith too. That that you know, without faith in Hebrews, it says we cannot please God. Without faith, in that we cannot please God. So we see, you know, this story, feuding faithful friends and feuding foes, and we see the gospel. You know, the gospel in this. Jesus, He. He ultimately went to the dead end for you. He ultimately tore the roof off of earth to go to you. This is the gospel. Let's pray.